Do you know that the Ouija board is simply the devil's telephone? Do you know that spiritualism inevitably leads to immorality, infidelity, insanity, and suicide, and that 10,000 people have already been driven insane as a result of it? The true character of the whole movement may be judged by the fact that prominent spiritualist leaders have repeatedly and publicly addressed prayers to the devil. Add for Pastor Ritchie's seminar on spiritualism as printed in the Vancouver Daily World in 1920. We would like to speak with the dead. Let's begin the session. Ouija boards are something most of us are fairly familiar with. We've seen them in movies and TV shows, read about them in books and news articles, and have been warned against their use from our parents. But does Ouija deserve this reputation? After all, it's just a game, isn't it? Let's find out on this patented episode of Snipe Hunt. This is Snipe Hunt, your frightening folklore podcast. I am your session leader, Darren Young. I would like to call upon the spirit of my co-host, Gary. Are you here with us? Y. E. S. Ooh, I am your ghost, Gary Clevenstein. (laughs) (laughs) We have finally come to an episode that all paranormal podcasts are almost required to do. The Ouija board. So break out your planchette because it's time to speak with the other side. Now, before we get too far into this, let's talk about pronunciation. It is commonly pronounced Ouija and Ouija. We'll learn later there is not really a correct pronunciation, but if there was, it's most likely Ouija. So that's how we'll be saying it this episode, but I'd yeah, like to be we'll, saying we'll Ouija. probably say it both ways throughout yeah. the entire episode. I like episode. Ouija. Sounds so much better. um yeah yeah it does because that's you know i think that's what the majority of people who call it unless people who get into the board then they're like actually it's a ouija but you know it it rolls off the tongue better (laughs) i mean it's not a real word anyways as we'll get to later so it doesn't matter um so this episode is perfect for a recorded demonstration of the subject but i'm sorry slash not sorry to say that we will not be using a ouija board for this episode I like to preface this with the fact that I don't actually believe in the powers of the Ouija board. I think I mentioned this before, but although I'm not scared of the Ouija board itself, I'm wary of inviting anything through its use. Just in case. (laughs) Just in case. Yeah, I'm in better safe than sorry, right? You never know. we We prayed to angels in the Guardian Angel episode, but between calling on Holy Spirits and the fact that we're calling them by name, I felt better about it. Um, I like to think that the guardian angel ceremony we did was like calling your friend on the phone like hey what's up yeah not really directly interacting (laughs) with them but still just saying hey um whereas i think the ouija board is more like leaving your front door wide open for anyone to wander in so (laughs) direct more you'd never know what you're gonna get it's like a deck. so i don't necessarily believe in any of this but i'd rather not take the chance well, uh, we will have a product demonstration for the next episode, however, so be sure to tune in for that for, for now. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Say, hey, we're going to make sure you come back. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Now, let's get into it. Starting off with, what exactly is 
the Ouija board. Ouija, Ouija board. Ouija, we just <laughs> okay, the Ouija board. All right. The Ouija board is the brand name of a talking board or a spirit board. And a spirit board is, as the name suggests, a flat board used as a tool for talking with spiritual entities, most often the dead. The board is typically marked with the letters of the alphabet, the numbers zero through nine, the words yes and no, and goodbye, and often some images of the sun and moon or eyes. It comes with a tool called a planchette, which is a small flat piece of wood or plastic with a window in the body, which is used as an indicator to point the markings on the board in order to spell out a message. Uh, so, In fact, uh, planchette is French for little plank. Ah, well, <laughs> I, I I wonder why, you know, like it has the words yes, no, goodbye. Why can't those be spelled out as well, you know? So if you're asking like a yes or no question, it's much faster to get an answer if, if literally the only choices are yes and no. And then goodbye is actually very important in uh, this. That's not for typically asking a question, but we'll get to that later. That's also polite. It is polite. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, please isn't on there, but whatever. Right. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, the user will often invite a spirit to talk to and place their hands on the planchette. Then the user will ask the spirit a question, which is allegedly answered by the spirit by guiding the hands of the user and moving the planchette to the desired letters in order to spell out a message. But most of you listening already know the basics. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll get a little more detailed on how to use the board later on. But first... Let's talk about the history of the Ouija board. Yes, and I hope you are interested in um, business and patenting history because that's what most of the history of the Ouija board is. Well, I tell you um, what, you know what? What kind of discredits it all for me? Well, hold on. We're, we're, we're not even close. To, we haven't even no, gotten started, Gary. Well, yeah, that's true. But I mean, I'm just thinking that when I think of Ouija board, I think of Milton Bradley. <laughs> Well, exactly, exactly. Yeah. That's, that's what we're going to get to in the history. Uh, okay. um, All right. Before cool. we get to that, uh, the concept of using at least a planchette-like device to spell, to point to letters to spell out a message can be linked to China all the way back in 1100 AD, so around the Middle Ages. Um, this was a form of automatic writing, aka writing via the help of a spirit guiding your hand, and other similar automatic writing methods have been practiced all over the world. But they didn't really resemble a Ouija board as we know it today. So a little preface for the actual Ouija board. If you know anything about America and Europe in the 1800s, it's that they were obsessed with spiritualism, a.k.a. the practice of contacting and speaking with the dead. Did um, This was most often done through the use of a medium, a person who is allegedly able to bridge the connection between the living and the afterlife. Seances, automatic writing, and table-turning parties were all the rage. Um, table turning parties were basically a seance that where the table moved around, people moving them around. But, you know, <laughs> uh, this was in part due to the high rate of death in the 19th century. Back when the average lifespan was less than 50 years old and nearly everything killed you. The Civil War especially drove American spiritualism's popularity as people were desperate to speak to past loved ones. So basically everybody was dying and then family members were like, we really want to talk to them. So it's almost kind of sad, but you know. Right. In 1886, the Associated Press reported on the use of a device popular among spiritualists in Ohio, the talking board, otherwise known as the spirit board. 
Uh, soon, a pair of entrepreneurs named Charles Kennard and Elijah Bond capitalized on this newfangled device and got together a team of investors and founded Kennard Novelty Company to exclusively manufacture and sell these talking boards. Now they needed a name for their company's brand of spirit board. So they were going to get one. Kennard was hanging with fellow company founder Bond and Bond's sister-in-law, Helen Peters, who was purported to be a strong medium. A large medium, if you will. It was here they decided to let the board name itself. The board spelled out O-U-I-J-A. Ouija. When they asked the board what this word meant, it replied, good luck, and was later claimed that Ouija was the ancient Egyptian word for good luck. Many think that the name came from French and German words for yes, we and ya, and ya spelled J-A, because Germans are weird. Sorry, German. That's how they, that's how... Oh no! Like Spanish, like uh, Hispanic people. That's yeah, what the they type. Ja, 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 ja. Yeah, the J is an H sound. Right. So we is also spelled O U I, and so and then J A. So that spells Ouija. Duh. So it's yes, yes. Um, but that actually doesn't appear to be the case. I think people just made the connection. However, Helen Peters, the medium or the psychic, was wearing a locket during the naming session that contained the pen name and picture of an author that she admired. The author was women rights activist Maria Luzi oh man, it's a French name. Maria Louise, I think it's Rame. Rame, I think that's right. Yeah. And her pen name was Ouida. So hmm. they probably they might have got it from that, at least subconsciously. Uh, the story goes that the patent officer in charge of the Ouija board patent demanded a demonstration of the product before he would approve the application, as all patent officers do. <laughs> the <laughs> patent officer said that if the board could correctly guess his name, he would approve the patent. Uh, Charles Kennard then brought in Bond and Peters to conduct the session, as they allegedly did not know the patent officer's name. They sat down and communed with the spirits who correctly spelled out the name. The shaken patent officer then quickly approved the patent. It should be noted here that Elijah Bond was a patent attorney, so there was a slight chance that he would know the name of the officer or, you know, uh, spirits. It was Bond. Elijah Bond. <laughs> Name's Bond. Elijah Bond. <laughs> I like how for every 007 uh, impersonation, it's always uh, Sean Connery. I know, right? Because <laughs> it's the easiest one to do. After the patent got through, I guess, the Kennard company was successful, and soon Kennard was forced to leave the company under mysterious circumstances, and it was renamed the Ouija Novelty Company, and stockholder William Fold took over. Apparently, Fold's time as the company head wasn't very pleasant. He was constantly in lawsuits to defend the Ouija patent and protect it from thieves who tried to copy the branded spirit board. Fold continued to head the company until 1927, when he was relieved of his position in an unexpected way. He was on the roof of his factory overseeing a flagpole installation, as you know, company heads are wont to do. Mm -hmm. He decided to lean against an iron support, but he was spun off of it and fell backwards. Fold Why would you to... lean against anything on a roof? <laughs> yeah, you, you, you see where this is going. I mean, it's fairly right. obvious. Uh, right. Tried to write himself in vain. He rolled off the roof and landed face down onto the pavement below. His broken <sighs> rib pierced his heart and he died immediately. 
um, Folds Estate would own the rights to the Ouija board until, here we, here's the part you were alluding to earlier, until 1966 when the rights were sold to gaming company Parker Brothers, which in turn was bought out by Hasbro in 1991. Oh, so it wasn't even Milton Bradley. It no, Parker it wasn't Brothers, Milton Bradley. Okay. But I think Parker, I think Parker Brothers was involved with Milton Bradley at first. But I'm pretty sure Hasbro has like a monopoly. Ha, ha, oh, absolutely. Yeah. On the board <laughs> game industry. <laughs> oh, so I, I didn't write that, but I should have because I was so obvious. But anyway. right. <laughs> so Hasbro, of course, manufactures and sells Ouija boards to this day. You can buy the classic Ouija board and even a Stranger Things edition on the Hasbro website. It only costs nineteen ninety nine, and of course, your soul. <laughs> 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 oh, that's the cheapest gateway you could ever buy, dude. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, most hell portals go for at least three hundred dollars, and that's a cheap one. But a Ouija board, budget mm, twenty spot bucks. on. Yeah, <laughs> that's doable. But now that we've made it through the boring patent history of the board. It wasn't that boring, actually. <laughs> you know, people died. Um, this, patent officers were shooketh. That was, that was true. That was, that was kind of suspenseful. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's talk about how the Ouija got its sinister reputation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. From the very beginning of the spiritualism craze, Christian critics claimed that spiritualist practices were just thinly disguised witchcraft. But for the majority of the Christian population, spiritualism was so popular because it fit very nicely into Christianity and provided a way to communicate with loved ones in the afterlife that Christians already believed in. At first, the Ouija board seemed nothing more than a parlor game, but as it spiked in popularity during World War II, critics came out against it. World War I. Yeah, World War One, the Great War. So, now you're just splitting hairs. <laughs> Actually, it's, it's a war. important difference. Yeah, you're right. You're right. All right. <laughs> Church authorities moved quickly to warn against its use, as gaining knowledge via supernatural means with with witchcraft. Uh, She's a witch. Was, burn her. Author J. Godfrey. You know how I just assumed it was a woman. I I don't know. Like wow. I think, yeah, I know. That was horrible. I, I, no, it's fine. I don't know. You never hear it's about witches people. and warlocks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're, I think there okay. is a gender yeah. difference there. I mean, <laughs> witches, if you're listening right now, send us an email and let us know. Yeah, yeah. Author Jay Godfrey, Robert. Robert. Robert? I think it's Robert, maybe? Robert. Why does okay. everybody have weird names? Why can't everyone just have, like, John Smiths? I know. Well, uh I don't mind people with the weird names. I mind reading the weird names and trying to pronounce yeah, it correctly. Right. Right. And Robert's not even that weird. It's just, you don't know how to pronounce it. Uh, well, author J. Godfrey <laughs> Robert was commissioned by the Catholic church to write a book about the dangers of the board. It was titled the new black magic and the truth about the Ouija board. Ouija board. Okay. Uh, the book matter, tackles <laughs> the book tackles the in, invalid uh, invalidity invalidity that's the word right yes of the board but also discusses that the board is detrimental to the mental physical and moral health of all that uses them and that god almighty is against their use so it kind of contradicts itself a little bit it's like this this board is just a bunch of bs and you know it doesn't really work but also <laughs> But just in case, <laughs> also, it's against, it's immoral, and God hates it. 
<laughs> but despite this, the Ouija board's popularity continued to grow. Sales of the board peaked in the 1960s, popularized by counterculture and interest in the occult. At this time, Ouija even outsold Monopoly, the highest-selling branded board game of all time. That's impressive. I've always hated Monopoly. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I never understood why people. Really? I like Monopoly. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I like it on Xbox, <laughs> but as far as like the board game, no. Yeah the the only uh the only games that uh, sell higher than Monopoly are games that that aren't really branded, been around for thousands of years, like chess, checkers, and backgammon. Uh, Just yeah, so you know, was, uh, I never learned to play chess, but. Anyways, how have you never learned to play chess? Why does Uh, everybody I meet like, yeah, I don't know how to play chess. You're like, how? I know how to play checkers. Yeah, I love chess. I'm not very good at it, but I love playing it. (laughs) Uh, But it was pop culture that cemented the demonic association. William Peter Blatty's famous 1971 novel, The Exorcist, along with its even more popular movie adaptation, depicted the Ouija board being used to summon the demon Pazuzu and forever altered the board's cultural reputation. I've heard of The Exorcist. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) I think it's fairly popular among some circles. You know, honestly, I don't remember the Ouija board in it, though. Yeah, I don't. I think it played a small part, but it was the use of the Ouija board that summoned the demon and caused the possession in the first place. Ah, uh, okay. The Exorcist is allegedly based on a true demonic possession of a boy in 1949 who was gifted a Ouija board by a spiritualist aunt. The boy became possessed soon after his aunt had died, but there was no mention of the boy summoning a demon with the board. Okay, so that so makes sense. So that's what yeah, I was saying. Yeah, it's a loose adaptation. So, uh, what's his face? Uh, William Blatty's, uh, he was the one that really made the connection between demons and the Ouija board. Well, and, and I remember in The Exorcist, I thought it was a girl. Yes, it was a girl in The Exorcist. It was a very loose adaptation. Gotcha. Okay. This reputation did not necessarily increase the use of the board overall, but it did become more popular among adolescents who were drawn to the idea of conjuring spiritual forces and to dismiss them for a thrill. It allows teenagers to participate directly in myth, as author Bill Ellis puts it. The Ouija board remains the bane of Christian households to this day. Yeah, it does. I have never seen anybody who wanted one in their house. Right. Well, we'll get to the rules here in a little bit, but um, you're you're not supposed to do it in your house. And uh, I, I grew up uh, in a Christian household, and I was warned very heavily against the use of a Ouija board when I was a kid. I, I bet. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you were... You were warned against Power Rangers. <laughs> no, not actually not Power Rangers. I was warned against Pokemon. Oh, okay. Pokemon was the most ridiculous one I remember, but yeah. But you know, the, the Ouija board ones obviously stuck with me since I refuse to use them to this day. For all it's worth, you turned out to be a fine young man. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, so, you would know. You used to babysit me. <laughs> yeah, I know. not to date you so, or anything or make you feel old, but <laughs> I know. God dang, I don't feel that. I don't feel a lot older than you, though. That's the I, thing. It doesn't seem like it. We hang out all the time, so that's probably it. I'm immature. All right. <laughs> so, so why use a Ouija board? Well, it allows you to participate in myth. You can use it to contact spirits with the use of a psychic or medium and it can be done in the relative safety of a group in fact groups are heavily encouraged which makes the board a great party game yeah so if you're having a slumber party what better thing to do than summon demons 
you're moving it. No, you're moving it. Stop it. <laughs> exactly. You're moving it. There are quite a few rules to use a Ouija board effectively, but there are three that are the most important ones to follow. Why does everything have three rules? Number one, be serious. This is not a game. Being serious will help you tap into the natural psychic defenses while you speak with the dead or other more malicious beings. Ominous. Number, number two, always say goodbye at the end of the session. Meaning you must move the planchette down to the word goodbye on the board in order to end it. The spirit might refuse to leave, so you must close the session, just like a chat window. Exactly. If not, you run the risk of the spirit staying with you in the world of the living. Number three, never use the board in your own home. At home, you're at your most comfortable, which means you're also at your most vulnerable. If you contact negative energy, some of it might stick around, causing you nightmares. Doing it away from home, like at your friend's house, you keep your psychic guard up. You might, you might regret it if that guard fails. But yeah, then, so if you just at least find, your your friend's haunted, you know exactly. You're, just you find someone you don't really like and be like, "Hey, you yeah. want to sleep? I want to sleep <laughs> over your house. Let's hang out. I brought this right. Ouija board." <laughs> A secret fourth rule is to never use the board alone. Although a group is encouraged, this rule mostly originates from culture. So feel free to use the board with as little participants as you want. The only caveat, is it caveat? Caveat. Caveat, oh. I like like caveat better though. The only caveat with this is that you might not be able to generate enough energy by yourself in order to effectively communicate with the spirits. Yeah, so if you're not like spiritually powerful, whatever that means, you might need some help in creating some energy to contact spirits. All right, now let's do a step-by-step through a session. Uh, I'm getting all this how-to-use section from a book called How to Safely Use the Ouija Board by Daniel Cumerlato. For a good session, we will need three to five people, a Ouija board, duh, and a pen and paper. <laughs> Everyone should start with a clear mind. You should turn off your internal voice and focus all your energy on the moments. All right. Hold on. All right. Yeah. Get, get in that zone. Get in the zone. Okay. Take a deep breath. Don't think about all anything. Right. So it's important that you pick your team of people carefully. All should be serious about it, so leave the class clown at home. This would automatically disqualify me and Gary from any sessions. I'll see myself out now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Now that we've gotten in the mindset, let's leave because we don't need to be here. All right. Uh, Five people should be the limit, uh, as the more more people there are, the more likely the focus will be disrupted. And I'm I'm sure only so many people can put their uh, hands on the planchette at a time. So make sure you trust these people as personal secrets might be revealed. Here are the team roles. All right. The leader. The leader touches the planchette, controls the direction of the session, and is the only one allowed to talk out loud. The documenter. The documenter does not touch the planchette, but takes notes on the aforementioned pen and paper. They decipher any communication and quietly share it with the leader. Wait a minute. So we'll get to that. <laughs> but do you know what I'm about to say? Whether or not the documentary is allowed to talk? No. 
Okay. No, no I was going to say like every time you ever see anybody use a Ouija board, everybody's touching the planchette. Yeah, because that's in movies and pop culture. That's not oh, how you're sure. actually supposed to use it. Oh, dang it. My whole life's been a lie. Right. All right. And next we have the energizers. The rest of the participants take on the role of batteries to power the session. They also touch. Oh, they also touch the planchette. Okay. Yeah. See, I need. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Focus their energy onto the board and remain quiet with little to no thoughts until the session is done. So everybody has their hands on the planchette except for the documenter. I read a little forward and then was like, okay, it doesn't say anything about people touching. And then when I read it, it said something about people touching. So I'm convinced. Ahead of yourself, I'm being haunted right now. That was literally just added, I'm telling you. (laughs) Okay, so the leader asks the questions in a friendly manner and remains energetic. They call out the letters on the board and any answers of yes or no as it happens so the documenter can take notes. They consort with the documenter throughout the session as they communicate with the spirits. The leader ensures the session goes smoothly and makes sure the mood is positive. They keep an eye out for team members who might be channeling any negative energy that might endanger the session. The documenter writes down any and all communication. The documenter must whisper any answers to the leader as the energizers cannot hear. While writing, they must keep a quiet mind and only attempt to understand once all is written. Answers from the spirits might be jumbled or incomplete. Encourage the leader to ask a follow-up question to clarify or attempt to suggest an answer to the leader. The energizers must keep a silent mind without thought or understanding throughout the session. They must stay focused and relaxed while moving the planchette. They may hear the questions, but may not think about or assume answers. They may not seek any understanding until the session is complete. That's that's another thing that you see in like movies and stuff where everybody's like super active and asking questions and no one's really right. the leader and no one's really the energizer, but just kind of hmm. You know what I want to know though? Like I would I honestly don't think I could sit there without thinking of something. Like my brain is well, always exactly. going hundred miles exactly. per hour. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, welcome to the session. Please keep your arms and legs inside the ride at all times. Please turn off your cell phones. For your hour of in and in in baby, please, please, please turn off your cell phones for your hour of uninterrupted time. Friends can feel free to watch, but mustn't participate. And flash photography is never allowed. Have a great session. Woo! Right. See, that's another reason why you couldn't be in a Ouija session because you never turn your phone on silent. I know, right? And every time we try to record, you're like, oh, my phone's going off. Oh, oops. <laughs> I never understand how people have their cell phones on silent, like, constantly. It's like, how? Like, I can't. I just check I would it never respond off. to anybody. Or put it on vibrate, at least. Now, the idea is that the spirit moves the planchette through the leader and energizers. Sometimes the planchette moves immediately. Other times, you must be patient. To start the session, say, I want to talk with the dead. Then, to encourage communication, you can say, Is there a spirit with a message for somebody at this table? Or, We'd like to call on the spirit of blank, naming someone specific. Um, If the planchette does not move, maybe try to have an energizer take the role as leader. If it still doesn't move, then either the energy isn't right, or there are no spirits that wish to communicate with the team at this time. 
If you do communicate, try to understand what's being said. The spirits might talk in code, misspell, or spell out gibberish if multiple energies are fighting for control. Always allow the spirit to finish speaking before moving on. Then to end the session, the leader says goodbye and moves the planchette to the goodbye at the bottom of the board. Then move the planchette to the middle of the board. Then lift the planchette off the board to break the connection. So lots, you really got to make sure you close that thing out. Uh, then the team can review the session as documented by the documentor. Can you imagine like you're you're like a spirit and then you're like, oh, finally, somebody to talk to. And then they're like, goodbye. You're like, oh, dang it. Right. Now, I have terrible handwriting. So if I was going to be a documenter, I would have to like type it out. <laughs> right. Plus, I think I'm a faster typer than I'm a writer. But... I don't think. I, yeah, I can't write very fast. That'd be my, <laughs> my issue. I mean, it'd be legible, but it wouldn't be able to. Yeah, I wouldn't right. really keep up. Yeah, I wouldn't. Mine wouldn't be legible either. I have awful handwriting. Now, of course, we have some stories about things going horribly wrong during or after a Ouija session. So it's important that we recognize if things start going badly, we can partly start assessing how things are going based on the movement of the planchette. Yes, a calm spirit moves the planchette slowly and precisely with little to no confusion. A weak spirit can either move slow or fast, but often involves pauses in communication or imprecise communication. An angry spirit moves so fast to the point that it's difficult to keep hands on the planchette. An angry spirit isn't necessarily bad, but it might be an indicator of something worse to come. When answers make no sense, the planchette is moving erratically with constant sudden stops, it might be that multiple energies are fighting for control. Once again, not necessarily bad, but be wary. A negative spirit might just be that. Negative. It doesn't necessarily mean it's evil or demonic, but it can have a negative impact as the name suggests. It might not be dangerous, but must still be dealt with. As author Daniel Cumulato puts it, Negative energy can affect you, your family, and your pets. It can cause marriages to break down, kids to be violent, or pets to become unsettled. Yep, that's it. I'm haunted. Yeah, I knew it. It must be. You have more negative energy in your home. Every and all damn your one of them hits home. Or just unsettled. Well, like uh, almost all my pets prefer me to my girlfriend, and that's because she's she's just a very anxious person. So I think I put off more it's of a calming aura. energy. So, <laughs> so especially with the cats, I'm definitely their favorite. <laughs> it's important to know when the energy of the session becomes negative. A negative energy will quickly take over the board and move fast. Communication is filled with insults, curses, and threats of harm. Supposedly, these threats are meaningless, but if this happens, immediately end the session and take a break, or just be done for the night. Yeah, if, if, if a spirit's threatening me through the board, I'm going to be done. I don't care. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to be like, oh, man, those are just empty threats. Let's just keep going. I'd probably, I'd probably be done as soon as, like, knew that I had a spirit. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I don't think I put it here, but you're not supposed to like make fun of the spirits or anything. I think that's common sense. But I also, I think if you're playing a game and like with all your friends, that's kind of the go-to to be funny. Um, mm -hmm. But don't make fun of them because it kind of lightens. They won't the like that, and they will haunt you. <laughs> you know, once a, once the room hits a certain energy, then people start getting freaked out, and then exactly, yeah, they got to make jokes to <laughs> to lighten the. You can, I mean, you can make jokes just so make jokes at the expense of the spirit because that's just going right. to make it worse. <laughs> supposedly, there are a couple of ways malevolent spirits can reveal themselves. One is by counting down the numbers on the board and by going through the alphabet both forward and backwards. 
Another way is by making the planchette move in a figure eight or an infinity symbol motion. If either of these happen, immediately force the planchette to goodbye and close the session. Not to interrupt you, but I also read that a lot of sources say that if it moves in the figure eight, it means it's demonic and you get out. But I've also read that if it moves in figure eight, that means it's a high energy spirit and that means it's a good thing. So, huh? I mean, I guess at your own discretion, but, you know, I think there are a lot of like made up rules for this that people have come up with over the years. So. Yeah, so you have a 50-50% chance of... Uh, <laughs> yeah, either this yeah. is very good or yeah. very bad. Or very bad. No yeah. in between. You can have a new session by starting with a new energy by assigning a different leader. If the experience turns negative again, just close the session and be done for the time being. Remember to never leave the planchette on the board when you aren't using it. You gotta close that connection. Yeah. Yeah, now see... If you wish to dispose of the board, never burn it. See, that would be my go-to. I'd be like, I exactly. Burn That's this. what you think of when you're like trying to get rid of a haunted object is to burn it, right? right? Well, according to the lore, burning the board will cause it to scream and release any spirits or negative energy inside. It is said that this is the worst thing you can do with the board as it almost guarantees death. The lucky perpetrators of this taboo will get away with just their house burning down. <laughs> yeah. To properly dispose of the board, it said you must break it into seven pieces, pour holy water on it, and bury it. Bury the planchette separately in a different spot than the board. Yes, always separate the planchette from the board. Always. Always. What if you just keep the planchette? And dispose I mean, you can of the board? keep it. I mean, I guess that's fine. As long as it's not making contact of it. You can it. use it as a, like a, because it's got that magnifying glass in it. So just like use it to read when you get well, old. I'm not sure if it's like a, I think it's just like a window. I don't think it's an actual magnifying glass unless you're playing with a board with really small letters. <laughs> <laughs> now there is one unique spirit that is particularly diabolic. One that shows up in many a Ouija sessions. A demon of the Ouija board called Zozo. Now, Zozo might get an episode all on its own because it has a longer story as told by a man named Darren Evans. Don't be a Darren. Uh, so I will just cover the highlights and try not to give too much away. Uh, Zozo will also go ahead by the names Zaza, Mama, Oz, Zo, Za, and Abacus. Zo Mama. Ah. <laughs> ah, that was oh, I like how all these are kind of like repetitive and then there's, oh, and also Abacus. Now, see, I can make jokes about this spirit because we're not using a yeah. Ouija board right yeah. now. That's, I wouldn't uh, recommend it while using it. Yeah. Um, you know, if something happens to me within the next seven days, uh, just yeah. <laughs> why seven? Because that's an ominous number. <laughs> uh, it most often reveals itself by darting the planchette between the letters Z and O on the Ouija board. Hence the name. Um, the first mention of a demon named Zozo uh, appears in the 1818 French work Le Dixier of Fernal uh, by, a dude, <laughs> by a dude with a long French name I'll never be able to pronounce, so I'll intentionally butcher it with a redneck parody accent. Uh, it's Jackie's Auguste Simon Colin de Plancy. Um, who identifies Zozo as a demon possessing a young village girl, but that's a story for another time. Wait, why can't we go? Jacques Auguste Simon Colin du Prince. See, that was good, right? Yeah. yeah. French listeners, <laughs> let us know how good that was. Um, 
Zozo has been known to curse at Ouija users, threaten them, tell them he wants to take users to hell, make the planchette hot, spell out words in Latin or Hebrew, despite users not knowing either language, and essentially be, just be a real prick. And now we'd like to take a quick second to talk about our sponsor, the Rosetta Stone. <laughs> are you looking to summon demons? <laughs> but, but are afraid the demon might Hebrew? speak a different language? That's where Rosetta Stone. In just a few short months, you can understand, you know, everything the demon is telling you. All Including right, so the infernal language itself. <laughs> okay. Good. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's even said that even mentioning the spirit's name will summon his presence. So we've already we've already messed up. As soon as we said Abacus, we were just like, well, man. And Abacus <laughs> also is like, isn't that the... Isn't it like the little math thing where you move the beads across the little... Yes. Yeah. That's what I, I was thinking. So. Yeah. so I don't know where that came from, but whatever. Y'all like stories, right? Now comes the part we've all been waiting for. The true experience of the session's gone horribly wrong. It's time for Spooky Stories. Spooky Stories. This encounter was posted on Reddit as apparently all true paranormal experiences are, by the user r underscore the storyteller. It has a rather long title. Tell me if you ever encountered or think you encountered a demon, because I think I did. I played a Ouija board in an abandoned house, and I was told I was talking to the angel Azrael by the board. Lo and behold, the room gets ice cold, and my body feels like I'm sitting next to a bonfire, and the board goes 666. Me and my friends asked if Azrael was still there, and if we were safe. The board promptly said no. Me and my friends freak out, and we want to leave. But without even asking a question, the board moves and says, leave and die. We ask then if we can leave and what it wants, and I think my friend literally pissed itself when it spelled out P-R-S. That was my friend's initials. After some more talking, we find out that my friend, we'll call him Phil, has offended this demon that we've been talking to by mocking him. The next thing we know, Phil is on the ground with his eyes rolled back in his head. It looks like he's being possessed. After about two minutes, he sits back up, groggy and rubbing his head. We pleaded with him to say sorry to whatever we were talking to. He did, and the board said we were allowed to leave. We booked it out of there, a few friends complaining about seeing shadows as we ran to the car, and Phil saying his vision was red, and he is seeing horns and red eyes in windows of the house that we just ran from, and in the mirrors of the car. I end with dropping my keys, and is turning into a legit horror movie scenario. I find my keys, and I speed like I've never sped before. I haven't been back to the house since. But whenever I go to the gate that leads to the abandoned house, I get chills down my spine and feel like something's watching me until it's out of view from my rearview mirror. I know it sounds crazy, but it feels like the property and whatever is still there remembers me when I pass by and is daring me to come back one more time. I'd piss myself too. Yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't. But that's that's very that sounds like a very typical Ouija board experience. It's almost yes. like he said, it sounds like a horror movie scenario. But I mean, if it's true, then yeah, that's 
pretty pretty terrifying and uh it's an example of what i said earlier don't ever make fun of whatever you're talking to all right yeah just don't even risk it yep i know it's it's tempting it's very tempting especially yeah because it's a game so i mean obviously the mood is you know hilarity and you know you or me would never be able to <laughs> sit through it seriously unless we tried really really hard so yeah but me and you are 90 percent uh there's a 90 percent chance we would get uh we would get haunted. Oh, for, for sure. sure. Yeah. Because we're skeptics. Yeah. But I mean, uh, yeah, we're skeptics. I mean, at least I keep my mind open to the possibility, but you know, I think yeah. most of it is air on the side true. of caution. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Now I have a story. It's a, it's an untitled experience from an anonymous Reddit user. Everything's anonymous. Okay. I swear to God, this is all 100% true. My friend lived in a really old, super creepy house, and she had an older sister who was into Ouija. Being the young, impressionable girls we were, we naturally borrowed the board from her closet one night and set it up in the basement. We were 11 and desperately wanted to be older than we were. So we start playing, and something immediately comes through. It's answering questions for us, but is giving us a really weird vibe. We didn't Google it or read the rules before, so we were asking questions that we should not have been. We were all talking and likely not being as respectful as we should have. Just to set the scene, her basement was creepy as shit. It was built before fire codes existed and the basement didn't even have a window. It was a small, damp, dark, and scary place to begin with. We're all hearing things move behind us. It felt like we were in a room full of people, even though there were only three of us. I remember we all had one finger on the planchette, and genuinely, we were all terrified. There is no way we could have moved it. We actually tried to move it after, and it didn't work. Anyway, we asked how the spirit, a male, had died. He said fire, and I shit you not. Her ancient wood fireplace started flaming. I repeat, her fireplace that requires you to physically start a flame, just started burning. We did not close the board and made many mistakes after that, and something definitely followed us for a long, long time. The last year or so, it's f***ed off of us. Creepily enough, we also used to have the same recurring nightmare that had the same demon guy in it. All right. So this one didn't hit me like the last one did. No, definitely not. I mean, they, I think it was because they left out a lot of details. Like, oh, we were asking stuff that we shouldn't have been asking. It's like, okay, like what? And then (laughs) then at the very end, it's like, we all started having a reoccurring nightmare about the same demon guy. And it's like, wait, what demon guy are you talking about? And And what what happened in the night in the dream? (laughs) Yeah. But the, it is kind of creepy that the fireplace that hasn't been used in years started just going up in flames, but. That was a that was a that was an awesome sound effect, dude. Thank you. I, I've been practicing my fire sound. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Actually, I did used to when I w- when I was homeschooled. I would get like really bored, so I would just like make noises with my mouth, and I eventually just start. I was eventually figured that out. I was like, "Hey, that sounds like fire." <laughs> I can even do the crackling, but I'm not going to do it right now because now I'm do embarrassed. It. Now you have to do it. <laughs> oh man. Oh, there you go. Hey, yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway, that was a lot better than I imagined it. 
Okay. Okay. <laughs> anyway, back to the spooky stories. This story is from Reddit user Rad Tradition. I've never tried one, but my mom said she did when she was rebellious teen. This will be long, but bear with me. She attended a Catholic school and slept in a dorm with roommates. One day, they decided to play with a Ouija board, and it would just land on random letters but never spell out anything. She says they heard a couple knocks here and there, but they would all laugh and brush it off. What left her and her friends traumatized was what happened later. She says really late one night, she heard creaking from the floorboards outside. Her roommates did too and were all awake and paranoid. My mom's friend grabbed a flashlight and shone the light around and noticed one of her friends was missing. They frantically got up and looked for her in the hallway, but when they couldn't find her, they alerted their teachers, who were all nuns by the way. They grabbed flashlights and looked for her. They went to the school chapel and there she was, in front of the podium on her knees, with her head bowed down. My mom remembers her teacher saying, Why are you in here? It's so late. My mom said that her, her two roommates, and three nuns saw this girl start bouncing on her knees, like literally bouncing like a basketball while kneeling. She said she was bouncing so high that if you were right in front of her, her knees would reach the height of your chest. My mom and a friend screamed while teachers went to hold her down and started praying like they'd never prayed before. The story made their small town newspaper and shook the locals to their core. My mom can't even look at a Ouija board now, and she's convinced that a whole ass demon possessed her roommate that night. They took her to a hospital, but her family moved to another country, and they never saw her again. Damn, scared us so bad they moved to a different country. <laughs> right. Honestly, this one is the one that gets me the most because, you know, there's something about, you know, it, there's obviously a demonic vibe to it. And when you're, you know, doing stuff that obviously the human body isn't able to do, and even the cartoony aspect of it, like bouncing like a ball, that's just freaky. That she's like totally still on her knees and she's just bouncing up and down. So that's freaky. That's, a fa- that's, that's the main reason why I like, because I, I am, I've always, been super intrigued by the Ouija board. Yeah. Always. I mean, you're the one that suggested this episode, so. Right. I know. And that's because I've always been intrigued by it, but it's like, I don't want to put, I've always lived by, if you don't want something to happen, don't put yourself in the position for it to happen. Yeah. It's almost a self-fulfilling prophecy at that point. You're like, oh man, I don't want to be possessed. Anyway, let's break out the Ouija board. Like I, like like I was talking about earlier, uh, I'm a skeptic, but at the same time, I'm open minded enough to, you know, like I'm I've never been religious or anything like that, but I hold my mind open to the fact that there might be something out there beyond, you know, and and it's like I just don't want to, I just don't want to put myself in a position to have to deal with that, and I've exactly. seen too many horror movies to <laughs> yeah and the ouija board especially it it developed this sinister reputation and you know from the very beginning the church immediately was like no that's divination you're consulting with the dead that's against the bible yada yada right but people were like no i'm just gonna ignore that and you know for a while there was there was no demonic association with it outside the catholic church people are just saying nope you can't do that it's witchcraft but you know eventually it did get a demonic reputation for whatever reason uh, maybe there's some truth right. to it. Maybe there's not, but 
Better not I take mean, that you chance. Just look at all the different cultures. There are so many different cultures. Like I saw a video the other day of it was there's I don't remember what culture it was, but they when somebody when a loved one passes away, they take them to the this like this spot where these all these vultures are or whatever. Yeah. And these all these vultures come down and just eat the flesh off the bones of the loved ones. And that and those those vultures are said to be some sort of, uh, you know, they, 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 uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the word would be. They, they're like, they're, they're, they're some sort of, they're, they're held high on this, you know, on this. They're like messengers they're look- of the divine. Yeah. Or, yeah. And they're bringing, yes. yeah, that's a, that's a sky burial. And what basically, there the, you go. Yeah. 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 And yeah. basically, the thing behind that is that when they consume the flesh, they fly away. And that's sort of like them going to the heavens. Right, and it's just so intriguing, just stuff like that. So it's like there are so many things that can happen by doing stuff like this. You know what I mean? And it's like why risk it even though you can go to Walmart and buy one. You know, I don't know if you can buy one at Walmart, but I'm sure you can. I'm sure you can. But I mean I think it's all about, you know, intent and culture. Like the majority or I wouldn't say the majority, but there are a lot of possessions that happen within as the last story said, within like Catholic schools and churches and stuff like that. And it's part of it, I'm sure, is because they believe so heavily in it. Of course, some of it is mental illness, but it's, I think, belief and intent are very important when it comes to that kind of stuff. So if you go into a Ouija board session thinking you might contact a demon, guess what? The mater- the, you're most likely <laughs> you're contact a demon. Right? Contact if you demon. go into it just, you know, with a very, oh, I'm not going to contact a demon. I'm just going to talk to a loved one. We're going to have a good yeah. time, you know. All that stuff. I think intent and you know personal belief plays a lot into these stuff. But see, and then yeah, and then, but then I've heard stories of of uh, spirits pretending to be other spirits. Exactly, you know I mean? and that's what most of them will do. Actually, is they'll pretend to be something else to get your guard down, and that's when they do their demon thing. <laughs> but my favorite part of the story was. Uh, She's convinced a whole ass demon possessed her roommate. <laughs> a whole ass demon, not a half ass demon. Part a of whole you. ass demon. <laughs> All right, let's let's finish up this story section. All right. All right, our final story isn't actually a scary experience, but it's an intriguing one nonetheless. The nonetheless. <laughs> okay, uh, I turned into I, I turned into Mike Tyson. Really. <laughs> All right. Think of it as a palate cleanser. This untitled story comes from Reddit user H e d y v head eve head eve whatever all right head eve there you go <laughs> all right my daughter and her friends graduated high school and spent their last summer together having fun they were at our house on the deck playing with a Ouija board they asked if there were any spirits and got a yes they asked man or woman it was a woman they asked where she lived she said here. They asked when. It was the mid-1600s. They asked her name. I wrote it down as I called out the letters. It was about 25 letters long. Unpronounceable. So all the girls go off to college. I'm reading the local newspaper and a professor is investigating local history. Mid-1600s, when only natives lived in the area and left Indian mounds. There was her name. We got a couple letters wrong, But that was it. This was pre-internet, so I copied it and sent it to the four girls. 
Hmm. So this one's pretty I want to know what the name is. Where's the name? Right, yeah, they didn't include the name, but I thought it was an interesting Dang story it. because there have been stories of, you know, using Ouija board, you'll, you're able to contain or obtain information that you didn't know before. Uh, like we mentioned with Zozo earlier, um, they'll spell out letters in Latin or Hebrew when no one at the session could possibly know that. So maybe there's something to it, maybe not, but intriguing nonetheless. But why do people leave out so many details? Because they're Gosh. not true. No, <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to give a story, come on. Right. It's called key points. Ah, oh, whatever. But it makes for a good story nonetheless. But let's go ahead and get out of our spooky story section. Spooky stories. So are we really contacting spirits when we use a Ouija board? Or is there an alternate explanation? Luckily, we have science to explain it to us. Science! Science! The planchette moves despite us trying not to move it intentionally due to the idiometer effect, as explained in an article from Vox.com. You know, I always read it as idiomotor effect, but it might be idiomot... Whatever you pronounce Idiometer. It. Idiometer. Idiometer. Yeah, sure. Maybe it is idiometer. Well, I think it's idiomotor because idiometer would be M E T E R. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're right. Idi idiomot idiomotor. Idiomotor. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Idiomotor. Idiomotor. Okay. The mysterious mechanism that powers the Ouija board is called the idiomotor effect, and it's basically a way for your body to talk to itself. The idiom idiomotor <laughs> effect is an example of unconscious involuntary physical movement. That is, we move when we're not trying to move. If you've ever experienced the sudden feeling of jerking awake from sleep, known as the hypnic jerk, you've experienced a more abrupt version of the idiomotor effect. Your brain signaling your body to move without your conscious awareness. The obvious difference is that the idiomotor effect happens when you're awake, so the reflexive movements you make are much smaller. So in this case of the Ouija board, your subconscious is in control of moving the planchette, resulting in the planchette seemingly moving on its own. So when you hear a question during a session, your subconscious moves the planchette to the answers you are thinking of in the back of your brain. Yeah, that was always something that, you know, tipped me off to the Ouija board, not maybe not being real. It's like, well, if the planchette moves by itself, why do we need to put our hands on it? Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's so you can move it. <laughs> um, so this science, science, um, this theory is proven when the participants of a Ouija session are blindfolded. If there really was a spirit, it should be able to answer questions without the participants able to see. But the reality is that when the participants can't see the letters on the board, the answers quickly turn to nothing but gibberish. In the video I watched, participants had a session without blindfolds and connected to this woman's grandfather. The spirit of the grandfather gave clear answers to their questions. However, once the participants were blindfolded, the planchette would move to blank spots on the board or to the spaces between letters, basically just resulting in gibberish. Another study used eye-tracking devices to capture the eye movement of the participants. They found that at least one individual at all times looked at where the planchette was going to be before it moved there. 
So they knew where the planchette was moving and was most likely driving the force behind the movement to the planchette in order to get it to the letter. So basically they're like, they would ask a question. And if it was like, uh, if the letter started with an O, at least one participant would look at the O before, you know, the planchette made it there. So our study suggests, say its authors, that successful Ouija board sessions critically depend on joint action. The spooky or paranormal feeling that Ouija boards induce is due to the fact that participants take turns in predicting the next letter. So now, of course, this does not account for the strange experiences people have had with the board. But for these reasons, I believe the majority of Ouija sessions, if not all of them, are fake. However, this does not change my mind about using one. Right. <laughs> That's so, exactly what I was thinking. the science behind it. Now, this, this to me is really fun. This was like a last minute thought, too. And I was like, why didn't I think of this from the very beginning? Well, uh, let's let's take a look at some Amazon reviews for the classic Hasbro Ouija board. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is going to be one of the ones that have really funny reviews. Oh, yeah. I, I tried the to find f- I tried to find the funny ones. <laughs> Just like if you go to a like a if you find like an item that's like like there's TVs <laughs> out there. There's TVs out there that are like twenty five thousand dollars. Really? And then, yeah, and then you you like go and read the reviews. They're <laughs> hilarious. Yeah, the, all right. The most of the reviews for the Ouija board for the Hasbro version were like the quality sucks or it didn't work, and that was the majority of them. But here's a few uh, unique ones. Well, the first is a one star review from Tyler R, and it reads: Arrived in perfect condition. Played with some friends, and it didn't seem to work. Days later, however, my house is now haunted by the ghost of what I believe is a very angry Trump supporter. <laughs> I'm living a real-life poltergeist situation. While watching CNN one night, my TV turned off. Also, one of my closets has become a portal to the other side. I hope I can save my dog who now barks from the ceiling now. (laughs) (laughs) Great buy if you hate CNN and your dog and don't mind losing a spare room. (laughs) Isn't that amazing? That's amazing. (laughs) Well, most likely satirical, but I just like to think that it's all true. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. <clears throat> a short two-star review from LB Taylor reads, did not give correct lotto numbers. Bummed. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's literally the whole review. <laughs> I would be bummed too if it right. was like, come on, winning lotto numbers. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we have a one-star review from the Grim Reaper, which is just various quotes. If God does not exist, then everything is permitted. <laughs> if if there is no God, then there are no rules to live by, no moral law we must follow. We can do whatever we want. And that was by uh, a quote from Dostoevsky. Sure. Dostoevsky. Yeah. So he has two more quotes in there in the same review. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that puts darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. It's Isaiah 520. So Bible quotes in there. He's just throwing yeah. it all in there. Tolerance and apathy are the last virtues of a dying society. And that's from Aristotle. Hey, I've heard of him. So yeah. he doesn't really put it in context, but I, I think it's fair to assume that he's against the Ouija right? board. It's just funny because his name's the Grim Reaper. I know. So it's, it seems like he would be into this kind of stuff, but I guess not. Um, an anonymous one-star review reads, do not purchase this. At the very moment after your death, you will have to render an account to Jesus Christ, and he will cast you into hell for the unrepentant use of this. 
I don't know why that was. I think my grandma left that one. Oh, okay. There's a few of those ones that are like you're gonna go to hell for using this, but that was that was the funniest one. And now we have a guy who was very impressed, very pleased with a five star review. Uh, His his username is the guy, and he says it's summon Pazuzu. (laughs) We're such good friends now. Hail Pazuzu! Hail Pazuzu! (laughs) Hail Pazuzu! That was pretty good. Obvious reference to the movie. Uh, another interesting fact about the Exodus movie is that Pazuzu was a real or is a real entity in uh, Babylonian mythology. So uh, it took inspiration from that, I guess. <laughs> but I just love that. Hail Pazuzu. It's summoned Pazuzu. We're such good friends now. Hail Pazuzu. Little, 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 little. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so we'll finish with a five star review from Terry M which also doubles as a story, and it's titled, Don't Forget the Salt. So it seemed like a normal Tuesday evening. I had tacos. Taco Tuesday, I guess. Topped off the fuel in my truck and headed home from where my package sat waiting for me. I figured since it's from Hasbro, it should be fine for the kids to play with. Big mistake. So I handed it off to them. After the unboxing and proceeded to take pleasure in the popping of the bags of air that came with it. It wasn't ten minutes later I heard screaming, and the dog was barking. I rush into my kid's room and see the shadow crash through the window. My dog has blood on its fur, and the board is on fire. I pull the curtain close, because we all know sunflower-colored drapes keep demons at bay, right? And then turn to my kids. What did you do, I asked. They said- No, 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 wait, 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 wait. No, this, this, uh, uh, you read, it's supposed to be, what did you do? What did you do? <laughs> what did you do? Yes. Sorry. I didn't, I, I didn't get into the moment enough there. <laughs> I then turned to my kids. What did you do? They said they just wanted to talk to Santa and let him know what they wanted. But my kid isn't the best at spelling or doing chores. <laughs> and I guess they must, they may be summoned Satan. <laughs> Or maybe just a demon. I don't know. But I do know is that you should take precautions when playing board games. Whether it's making a circle of protection around you for Ouija. Or not letting your snotty uncle play Monopoly with the family. Either way, please be careful. So, I didn't include this with the actual story section. Because it seems like a very satirical, almost... Plot plot twist. It was actually Santa and he was pissed. And it's like... It was Santa. He was just like... (laughs) June... Between, um, between you know, he interjected his own jokes in there, despite it being a very serious story, like because uh, we all know sunflower drapes, and it's like my kids aren't the best at spelling or oh, doing chores for that matter. So I don't think it's a real story, but I think it was a great review. It's actually like the first review you see on Amazon for this. So I think <laughs> a lot of people liked it. Um, also, he included pictures with his review, um, which includes his bloody Ouija board and his burned slash melted planchette. Uh, and I will include his watermarked pictures on the site pages. So he took those pictures and then he gave them watermark. He's like property of Terry right. and photography or whatever it is. He's like, wait a minute. This review is getting a lot of hits. I better, yeah, better watermark. This. I, I thought it was a great review. So definitely need to include it. <laughs> for sure. Uh, well, that's it for the episode. I hope you guys weren't bored. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> 
the show notes for this episode is definitely one of the longest ones I've written. Uh, and that was me trying to keep it short. Um, there's no shortage of information out there about this game. So I did my best to hit the highlights. Now that you've learned all about the Ouija board and you were the one that mm-hmm. suggested it, what do you think? Mm-hmm. I didn't. Well, I mean, besides the, uh, the, the history of the patent, uh, I didn't learn anything new. It's all the same stuff that yeah, I've already known. It's pretty much. Uh, and didn't really change your opinion about it. You still don't. Didn't change my opinion. I'm <laughs> yeah, exactly. still not going to use one. Well, I think, uh, I think the science behind it was a good learning thing. Cause I don't think any of us knew about the idiomotor effect before this. Well, I, I tell you what, well, I, I didn't know what the name of yeah, the scientific the of it. term well, so you, was. You I, the concept was there that people were right. actually moving it subconsciously. Right. I mean, I, I will say this. I mean, if we want to, if we want to use one together for an episode, then I'll I'll do it I'm with not, you. We're not doing that. <laughs> oh, okay. You said even, the next episode. We're even gonna my do friend something. Sam, um, who was on our what's it? haunted dolls episode he filled in for me yeah yeah he's like super big into all this stuff like i am and like he well like even more so than i am and he and even he was like nope not gonna use a ouija board not no gonna way. try it no way I, th- I thought i read earlier you said on the next episode we wanted to try it well we're going to try something on the next episode but it's not a ouija yeah. board oh okay uh, stay right. tuned for that. Cool with that too. you guys know what to do Leave a rating on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or whatever else will let you leave a review, including leaving a Facebook recommendation. Uh, as we've told you a million times, it really helps the show. Oh, yeah. But we have to say it every time. Yeah. yeah it's we do. promoting our brand. <laughs> yeah. And please follow us on social media. We'd love to hear from you guys. We're on Facebook, Twitter, as well as on the gram. We're hip. We call it the gram. Yeah, it's the gram, as the young yeah. kids call it these days. Yeah. And YouTube. Yep. Yep. You can see all of our videos on YouTube, which is just our episodes with the sign logo behind it, but it's a good way to access it. We're also on Patreon, and you can get some sweet bonus content like blooper reel episodes and topic voting for as little as $1 a month. It's $1, man. $1. $1. Yeah, that's like that's cheaper than pretty much literally everything else. <laughs> I mean, if we got like 20 people to do a dollar, we'd be able to cover the cost of doing this thing. Oh, yeah, because, yeah, freaking I mean, monthly hosting fees. But anyway... And as usual, if you have a topic, suggestion, a question, a comment, criticism, or if you have a story you'd like us to share on our encounter series, please contact us on social media or email us at snipehuntpodcast at gmail.com. Yep. And uh, like usual, we haven't written a goodbye. So um, goodbye, I guess. Uh, Remember to close out your Ouija sessions and uh, be safe out there. Finger guns. (laughs) (laughs) G. O O D B Y E. Goodbye. This is the most important thing you must do. Close the session. If you don't, you might just be leaving an open portal to the spirit world. Who knows what might come through? From patents to spirits to stories, we hope you've enjoyed your session with us. Just keep an eye out for negative energy, or Zozo will force your belief in this frightening folklore. Once again, we want to thank you for listening to Snipe Hunt. Your listening has been noted and will be reported to the proper authorities. All audio used was done so under the protection of fair use. Logo design is by Ethan Rothfuss. The music you heard in this episode was composed by Mayu and Nature World 1986. We'll continue to search for the unexplained and we'll hopefully see you on the next hunt.